Our Man in China, Episode 7, Finding Sex in Suzhou. During the long weekend to Amsterdam and considering myself a young romantic, inevitably I selected a girl I was very much attracted to, who, as it turned out, was only a year older than me. She was the most stunning blonde I'd ever seen, at that point at least, and she was affectionate too. We even kissed throughout and the whole experience was quite magical for a teenage boy. The girl was so naturally pretty that I asked her what drove her to work in such a profession when she could be modelling instead. Why sleep with wrinkled retirees and pubescent teenagers like me? Earning 2,000 euros for three days work a week was a motivating factor. She went on to point out the competition that models face and added that the security on offer to these women was second to none. At the flick of a switch, a man three times my size could be in the room within seconds. I saw a point, briefly considered asking her to leave the game for me before being labelled Richard Gere by the other lads and flying back to London. Prostitution is a long-standing industry. Women make a living, and in return, men receive a service of which they pay. The idea that it is degrading, or that men who pay for sex must be desperate and or unattractive, was ridiculous to me. Certainly, some men sleep with prostitutes with an air of omnipotence, and women in turn are obsequious to their needs. But do we not see power role plays in all walks of life? The regulation of prostitution is essential for the well-being of the sex worker, as well as ensuring she is paid. Regretfully, I saw little to no regulation in China, and sadly, my 25-year-old self had few morals and a high sex drive to boot. My first sexual experience with a Chinese girl was relatively straightforward compared to what was to come. She was, I believe, an escort. I never knew her name, but she was unforgettable. Working only weekends, I would frequent my local nightclub where the free whiskey was on offer from Sunday to Thursday. It was typical of the nightclubs there. There were often shows performed with outrageous dancing, sparklers and bright lighting effects. Few women would attend, however, as women were not seen to be drinkers in China. Even in such nightclubs where occasional women knock back drink like men, it was not the done thing to go home with a man. I would go some three or four nights a week, and in no time we were groups of six, sometimes more, spending the evening downing whatever whiskey they refilled Chivas Regal bottles with, and mixed with an energised green tea soft drink, all free of charge. We were entertainment for the locals, observing our habits, how we danced, and interacted with each other. Random groups tended to invite me to their tables where they were playing various die games. It seemed to be prestigious to have a laowai amid their company. On some evenings, I would go down by myself, knowing full well there would be people to socialise with. It was at that club that I met the escort, one of my better experiences in China. I did not compensate her for her services, and she never asked me for anything in return. Whilst I contest that many adult Chinese women are short and have few curves at all, this young lady was tall. Her hips had formed to them, and she had larger breasts than most. She was striking in looks, and at first I saw a certain degree of self-assurance and confidence that was not noticeable in other girls. Our first encounter was one of those moments where two people are drawn together by pure desire and aesthetical attraction. She spoke not a word of English, and I still hadn't learned enough Chinese to do more than instruct a taxi driver my route home or bargain with local merchants. I confess now I never did take it beyond that level. But there was chemistry there. She came home with me that evening, but the penny had not yet dropped, and I began to see another side to her. She was in fact a quiet and unassuming type. She stayed that night with a friend of hers in my bed. I later found out the other girl was her cousin, 
But that's as far as the story goes, that evening at least. Some fortnight later, she turned up again, dragging luggage, and spent three nights with me, revealing a sexual appetite I hadn't then yet associated with such a conservative state. I didn't see her again for some time, before she returned once more with her cousin and virtually lived with me for six or seven nights before disappearing once more. Little clues, gestures, her dress sense and her sixth sense told me that she was a sex worker and that she probably enjoyed nights with me when she wasn't already booked. She seemed to know most of the rich older men at the nightclub too. I had dated a prostitute, or rather a retired prostitute previously. She had fled South America at 17 after the death of her only sibling, her brother. He was just 14 when he died, and she proceeded to make her money working in Amsterdam before we met through a mutual friend. By the time I knew her, she was off the game, having put aside enough capital to buy a house and work in a more respected profession. She too had an extreme sexual hunger, going to great lengths to please a man through intercourse. Like the escort, she masked fragility and vulnerability with an alter ego. We never discussed her previous career, and I cared for her too much to bring it up. I gathered she went on to marry and became a mother. I would look back on my time with the Chinese escort as a breath of fresh air, as sex with other women proved, on occasion, impossible. To avoid the conundrum of tackling the dating scene, most of my foreign acquaintances kept Chinese girlfriends. I say kept because it's just what they were kept away from our social group and at home, often waiting on him hand and foot. In fact, some 80% of the expats I would drink with, play football with and associated with over my time in China solved the dilemma this way. They had food on the table and regular sex. Those who did have pretty young girlfriends were not necessarily attractive men either. Far from it, some of the least handsome and frankly rather hideous would have an attractive Chinese girl on his arm nonetheless. She would be young too, regardless of his age. The sad thing is that these young women would do anything to escape China. The Laowais, despite appearances and manners, came with a forward-thinking mentality similar to that of these young women. They brought financial support and allowed these women to dream of a life outside of China. Despite access to sex on a more regular basis, this didn't prevent many from frequenting chicken bars. One-night stands simply did not present themselves due to the traditions of China. The word conservative doesn't even begin to cover it. As mentioned previously, Chinese women will remain virgins until their wedding night. In fact, if the newlywed husband discovers all is not intact downstairs, he has grounds for divorce. Therefore, whereas I might have the luck of spiking up some chemistry with a girl back in the UK and spend the night with her, this was virtually impossible in China. That, however, would be some six months into my stay. It didn't take a genius to work out that finding casual sex amounted to a search for a needle in a haystack. 